This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Let's bow our heads today. Father, thank you for this day and thank you for your presence. I thank you for what you've already accomplished today and what you're going to accomplish now. Lord, teach us through your word, and I ask you, speak clearly to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to bring you a message today entitled, According. Open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter uh, number 9. Book of Matthew, chapter number 9. We're going to go to verse 27 here in just a moment. Usually around February, I do a series called You Ask For It. It's where people walk up and say, I don't understand this scripture. I don't understand this teaching. And, and I try to explain that better. This was not the message I intended for this Sunday, but I felt after someone asked a question about this verse that it caught in my heart, it caught in my spirit. And so I wanted to bring you a message on this passage. I believe it's one of the most misunderstood scriptures in the Bible. But Matthew chapter number 9, verse number 27, let's begin reading. As Jesus went, out, went on from there, notice Jesus is on the move. How many of you know that Jesus is on the move? Yes. What, Jesus is on the what? Move. Two blind men followed him. Isn't it interesting? Two men who could not see followed when, when many who couldn't or who could see didn't. Two blind men followed him calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. Two men in the middle of their darkness follow him. They follow him, but how do you follow someone you cannot see? You listen. In the middle of your life, in the dark days of your life, when you don't know what to do, find out what God is saying and follow his voice. And notice what happens. They're crying, have mercy on us, son of David. And when he had gone indoors, and I have to stop there again, when he had gone indoors, not only are they following him in their darkness, now a door has been closed in their face. Most of us don't follow in the darkness, much less when a door slams in our face. But yet... The word says, even though they, he went inside, the door had been closed, they, the blind men came to him and he asked them, do you believe, that's a good word, do you believe, say that with me, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you and their sight was restored. Now notice that passage, according to your faith, let it be done to you. One of the most misunderstood and most abused and used to abuse scriptures in the Bible. And we're going to talk about that today. Their sight was restored and Jesus warned them sternly. Now notice, this blows my mind. See that, that no one knows about this. And then the next verse basically says they went out and told everybody. In their darkness, they followed in their, in their vision, they disobeyed. Many of us have trouble following through the darkness, but it's in the darkness we find our way to Christ, but when everything goes okay, we back off. 
Can I tell you, you should serve God every day the same. The good days and the bad days. The days that you've been knocked down and the days that you're running strong, you should serve the Lord because God is faithful and God is good. I want to talk to you about faith for a little while today. I want to talk to you about what? Faith for a little while. Now, one of the main areas that people struggle with about faith is they struggle sharing faith with God about their future because God forbid that where God leads you is not where you want to go. And they struggle with faith for their future. Now, as I bring you this message today, I want you to understand that I feel very strongly about what I'm about to say to you, but I, I need to tell you a story, and it's going to be a story that many of you have heard, but I want to give you an update to the story today. One day, I was right over here in this corner, and as I was right over here, a young man was sitting there, and he said these words to me. He said, Pastor, I want you to pray with me, and he was late 20s. Now, when a single young man in his late 20s says, Pastor, I want to pray, I want you to pray with me, there's usually, I'll give you 99.9% of what he's going to ask me to pray with him about. He wants God to give him a wife. I knew what he was going to ask. I'd been praying that with him for years. I knew God was going to give him a wife at some point, but I didn't know how. I didn't know what God was going to do. And, and this is kind of the way the conversation goes. He says to me, he says, now, now, Pastor, uh, I don't want you to pray that God gives me a wife. I've got some specifics. And I was like, son, look, you're late 20s. Don't be too picky. <laughs> he said, I've got some specifics. He said, I have kept myself sexually pure before the Lord. And, I, and God's going to send me a wife that, that's sexually pure also. And I want, I want you to pray and agree with me on that. I said, well, son, I'm going to pray God sends you a wife. But, but, and, and in all the faith I could muster that moment, I said, well, I mean, shouldn't we keep our options open, just not hold somebody's past against them? Which is true. I mean, we don't hold people's past against them. And he looked at me and said, no. He taught the pastor. Come on now. He said, no, I'm holding out for what I'm believing God for. I've honored God. I'm believing somebody's going to honor God. And, and I'm going to have them as a spouse. I said, well, okay. And I'm thinking, son, keep your options open. Amen. But I leave and I'm agreeing with him and I'm praying. I hop on a flight and we started a church in Leentrada de Copan, Honduras. And as we hop on this, uh, on this flight, I get to this church and you've got to understand something about this church. It had been born out of a one night service that we held there, a community outreach concert. And we had 288 of the best looking young people in the country of Honduras all saved that night. I'm telling you, I called that, that, that church, that campus, I called them the, the, the place of the beautiful people. They're all young adults, single, and, and healthy, they're the, I mean, I would go to the other churches around and I was like, Lord, you have blessed us with a church of beautiful people. And just gorgeous, gorgeous people. All right. And I, I'm, I'll go into that. I'm sitting there and, and, and as I walk in, there's a, there's a young, uh, lady sitting there in the middle of this who's very involved, senior leadership. She's uh, our, our church clerk. And as we're sitting there in the middle of this time with her, with them, she says to me, Pastor, I need to talk to you. And when the church clerk says, I need to talk to you, pastors get a little nervous sometimes, you know? I'm like, okay, where are we short in the budget right now? She says, Pastor, I want you to bring me a husband. I'm like, yeah, I just keep those in my luggage. Amen. <laughs> 
I want you to bring me a husband. And I said, oh, well, okay, what's wrong with that one? I mean, that one over there is pretty good looking. He's he's got a car. Come on now. Amen. And and, and I'm talking about him. And she said, no, I want one that has kept himself pure before God. Now, I might be slow, but ding, 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 ding went off in my head. And this is what I said to them. I said, now there's a reason I'm telling this story today, and please bear with me. I said, all right, young lady, you're going to go home tonight, and you are going to Facebook friend this young man, and you are going to make sure it happens no matter what, or I'm not praying for you at all. And she said, but pastor, I don't speak English. I said, the way you look, it won't matter. Come on now, amen. (laughs) He will accept. He will accept. Sure enough, he accepted, boom. But I called him and I said, now listen. I said, buddy, you will accept this Facebook request. You will communicate. And if you don't, don't you ever ask me to pray for you again because I'm not praying for you anymore. This is your one shot and she's way out of your league. (laughs) Come on now. He said, but I don't speak Spanish. I said, learn fast. (laughs) So, almost was right at two years to the date. They gather and lay in of there. And they stand before the minister and they, through their perfect Spanglish, are united in marriage. And what a beautiful moment because they didn't keep their options open. They had faith to believe God for something better. Now I want to stop with their story for just a moment. And I'm going to come back to it. This passage that we're talking about today, like I told you, is one of the scriptures that that seemingly people are abused by. People are said by the enemy or by church leaders, if you had enough faith, then you wouldn't be sick. If you had enough faith, then you wouldn't have financial issues. No, if you learn not to spend more than you make, you wouldn't have financial issues. Oh, that's another sermon. But listen to me. You see, people beat each other up over it with this verse, and they say, well, they must not have enough faith then. And I feel that people don't understand that this not only is an incorrect interpretation, uh, but it's, it's really unfair. You see, the reason that it's incorrect is because the Word of God does not conflict with itself. And I can't say to you, well, this one has more faith than this one. I can't tell you that. Because according to the Word of God, faith is measured. Faith is what? Measured. Romans chapter 12, verse number 3 says this, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has. And this is a different, I want you to see it in this different translation. God has either measured or distributed to each of you. So God put faith in all of us. I want you to get that. God put faith in all of us. Faith is like a seed. God put a seed of faith in all of us. But faith must be nurtured in order for it to grow. 
So it's not that God gave this one more faith or that one more faith. It's that have they allowed it to grow? If I have seeds in, in my life right now and I take that little packet of seeds and I go to my house, I put them in the kitchen drawer and I leave them there, next year at this time, they're still going to be there and they're still going to be just seeds. But if in the springtime, I take those seeds out, I put them in the right soil, and they get the right amount of moisture, they're going to grow and become and begin to bear fruit the way that God intends it to do, because faith is like that also. It's like a seed has a purpose, and the seed of faith has a purpose in your life, that if you'll nurture it, it's going to grow. And people will say to me, they'll say, Pastor, I, I mean, I want God to use me. And they'll say, Pastor, I want to preach the gospel. I want to preach the gospel, and I'll say, well, all right, let me tell you where you start preaching the gospel, with the cashier, with the teller, with the people you don't know that you interact with. No, 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 pastor, I have a revelation from God I want to bring to church. I said, not until you can preach to the cashier, and I'm not talking about ruining the cashier's day by freaking them out. I mean, don't don't go down here and start freaking out cashiers. But looking at them when God tells you, Tell them to have, to realize I love them. Tell them to have a good day. When God tells you to look at your neighbor when you don't know how they're hurting and you just simply say a word of encouragement to your neighbor. You see, the truth is you can't stand in this pulpit until you learn to stand in those pulpits because the word says he that is faithful over the small will then be given the opportunity of much because faith like that grows, okay? So how do I know if my faith is growing? Well, faith is measured by what you do, not just what you're talking about. If you have faith, it will manifest by your actions. The way you control your mouth, the way you live your life, those kind of things are going to begin to happen. You see, you're never going to see God responding to your faith until and unless God sees you move in accordance with his will. God wants to see you acting upon his word. God wants to see you stepping out in faith. The blind men in this story started following. Note, those who could not see the answer started following Jesus because they heard the answer they were looking for in his word. As he declared his word, because he was the word, they began to follow the word. And as they followed the word, they found the answer they were looking for because they didn't come necessarily after the answer. They came following the answer. You see, faith faith bursts forth to a new level when people start to move. Think about this for a moment. What did God tell Moses to do before he parted the Red Sea? Hold up the the staff, the rod. I don't know how long that had to happen. I don't know how long he had to stand there like this. But as he stood there like this, my goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit in what I'm saying to you right now. You need to get this. As he stood there like that, I mean, somebody's probably like, uh, Moses, uh, could you come over here? There's an army coming this way, and Moses is standing there, holding on, holding on to the things of God, holding out the rod. He's obeying. He's moving in the in what God has told him to do. And they're like, but, but Moses, I can see the dust, and he's standing there. And they're like, but Moses, we can start to see their faces. And he's standing there, and he stood there until the wind began to blow, and the waters began to 
apart and the ground began to dry up. Can I tell you what I believe this morning? I believe that as he stood there, all of a sudden somebody else with like faith come out and they took their staff and they stood there beside him. And it wasn't necessarily because theirs was doing anything, but they were like, if he's standing in faith, I can copy that. God is looking for people who will move in faith so that others can copy it and they can live also. Amen. Come on, give God a praise this morning. Amen. When the children of Israel go to come into the promised land, the priests had to step in the water before the Jordan would part. You've got to move in faith. What did Jesus say as he came to raise Lazarus? Roll the stone away. Oh, no, 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 but Lord, you don't understand, Lord. Uh, he, he smells by now, Lord. No, roll the stone away. But no, 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 Lord. Now he's, and he said, don't you believe I can do this? Oh, but Lord, Lord, we believe in the last day the dead shall rise and we believe in the resurrection of the last day. He said, no, no, you don't understand it. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Roll the stone away. God is looking for somebody who has enough faith to put enough emotion in behind it to step out and say, I'm rolling the stone away. I will see God move. I will hold on to the dark night. God will move for me. That's the kind of God we We've come to praise today. Give him a praise like he deserves. Amen. Amen. You see, God moves according to their movement. God doesn't move in how much faith they have. He moves in according to their movement. This is important. God is waiting to see that you believe. He is not satisfied with hearing you talk about believing him. He wants to see you walking in his ways. Listen to me. Faith is measured by footsteps. I want you to get this. Faith is measured by your feet because faith without works is... Let me ask you again. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. And so faith is measured by the feet. In other words, we keep walking even though it's dark. We keep our head up. We keep praising even though we don't feel like it. We keep worshiping even though we don't feel like it. Sometimes the praise is all you have to hold on to. And when the world has robbed you of your joy and robbed you of your hope, but you've got a praise down inside of you, you keep moving along with that praise and you keep listening to the voice on the other end of it. And you keep moving. And you keep walking. Because faith is measured by your walk and not your talk. By your life and not your lips. By your movement and not your mouth. You see, you can't sit at home saying, God's going to give me a job. You need to get up and go out and look for one. Some of you go, I just got faith. I'm like, yeah, you better have faith because I'm about to boot your butt to the door. Come on now, man. You better get out and you better go fill out some applications. Well, Pastor Don, that's all done at home now. Well, get out there and be told to go do it at home, but get out there and start moving. Let the energy you create during that moment of faith lead you to a place you didn't expect. You see, the blind men started following him. They followed him until they could see where they were going. Notice what I just said. They followed until they could see where they were going. Jesus then asked them a specific question. Do you believe that I am able? Do you believe that I'm what? Able to do this. 
This has jumped in my spirit. I literally put wow in my notes right here. Let me show you what the Holy Spirit dropped in my spirit about this. They came asking of Jesus, but Jesus had something to ask them. He said, do you believe that I am able to do this? Now, I want you to understand the power of able. By definition, able means, do you believe that I have the power to do what you ask? Do you believe I have the power? I said, all right, Holy Spirit, I feel like I've already made that point. He said, look at the synonyms. So I looked at the synonyms, and here's what it was. Hey, Jesus says, do you believe that I'm in a position to answer you? Jesus says, do you believe that I'm capable of answering you? Do you believe that I am qualified to answer you? Do you believe that I'm equal to the task of answering you? Do you believe I'm up to the moment enough to answer you? You see, what Jesus was saying to them is, how do you see me? Because how you see me will determine what happens inside of you. Well, I feel the Holy Spirit in this. So what he essentially is saying, he says, does your faith see? Notice that. See me as big enough to do this. Does your faith see me as big enough to do this? Can I tell you today that he is big enough to meet your needs. He is big enough to bring you through. He is big enough to still show up in the fire. He is big enough to carry you when you can't walk on your own. He's big enough to bring you to the other side and to show you he is able because he's big enough. But here's the problem. You have far too much of a vision of what you need to realize how big your God is. Watch this now. You see, I understand we have a need. We've got we've to cover this. And if all I can see is the need, I miss the fact, watch this, as I get it in the right perspective, that God's using a group of people to help meet the need. And when I really get it in perspective, I realize how small that is compared to how great he's been and how faithful he's been through the years. Because my God is big enough. Let me say it again. I have not come to preach some pansy little Jesus to you today. I have come to declare he is King of kings, Lord of lords, and he is big enough, and he is able, and he is faithful, and he is just, and he is good, and he reigns forever because he's big enough. Amen. So what does his word say? He says to them, do you believe I'm big enough? And what do they respond with? I love this. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Well, listen to me carefully. In other words, when they said, Lord, here's what they said. Haven't you noticed? We've already been following you. Even when I couldn't see, I was following. Even when the door shut and I couldn't get in, I kept knocking. Yes, Lord. I'm following you because when I heard you, I've heard my whole life, never before has anyone born blind ever seen, but I finally heard hope when I heard your voice. And though I had to follow listening, I am here before you because I've been following even when the obstacles got in my way. Yes, Lord. How are you going to show him that he's Lord of your life instead of going, God, why have you forsaken me? Stand your ground, plant your feet, lift your voice, and to 
declare, though you slay me, yet shall I serve you. You are Lord of lords and King of kings. Amen. That's the kind of God I've come to preach to you today. Amen. You see, you see, it was more than their words. It was the recognition that he was the only one able. Oh, God's good. And their walk through the darkness testified to the truth of the statement. Even when the destination is not in sight, keep following. Because every footstep is a beacon of faith. God wants to use your tragedy to help somebody find triumph. That's for somebody. With all of this in my mind, let's come back around to the original question quickly. Am I dealing with this because I don't have enough faith? I believe a better translation, a more accurate translation, this is a translation, modern translation of the word would be this in our language. Then Jesus put his hands over their eyes and said, you will have what your faith expects. Watch this. You will have what you're... Suddenly, it's not about how big they are. It's about how big he is. And instantly their eyes were opened so they could see. And then Jesus warned them, they make sure you don't tell anyone what just happened. Why? Because Jesus knows when you finally see him as the answer, you're going to spread it far and wide. He's faithful and he's good. Now let me, let me bring this back around today. What have you expected that you shall receive? Stop hedging your bets and saying just in case God doesn't move. Step out and walk on the water. I feel the Holy Spirit. So quickly as I prepare to close today, I want to bring you back to Jonathan and Sophie, the young man and the young woman. Just a few months ago, their story took a turn. After they were married, they served there in Lentata for a season, and they were called to an orphanage. As they're living at this orphanage, now think about this, as a young man in love with a young woman, and their love is expressed in marriage, and and now her desire for her whole life is to be a wife and mother. And she's surrounded by children in an orphanage. And so what is the natural progression? They started having that question. Are you ready for kids yet? You ready to have a baby? Some of us who are home, I see him very much as a son in the Lord. And I, I said, I, Son, I don't know if you understand. I want spiritual grandbabies. Let's, let's get this taken care of. And for years, they began to try. As they tried, it just never worked. So finally, early last year, there was a moment of hope in a dark situation. Many days crying, wondering why. Why can't I? Have a child. And there's going to be a surgery. And if this surgery goes correct, then maybe it'll be better for you. 
I walk into the hospital room into a very dark moment. Shaking with darkness. Because when she awakened from the surgery, the message that came to Jonathan and Sophie was not only did we not succeed, what we had to do pretty much seals the deal. You'll never have children of your own. The darkness is in the room. I held them as they shook in the darkness. Prayed with them. Loved them. They are my family. I tried to speak words of faith. Hearts breaking for them because having such a part in their lives, they do feel like children. Hearts broken. I remember walking out of that beautiful hospital there, tears in my eyes. While we were in the room, I, I broached the topic. I said, well, you know, it's okay. God's going to work through this and He specializes in the impossible. But have you ever thought about adopting a child? And in their brokenness, I said, of course we would love to have a child. Ever how God sends that child to us. I said, well, you know, it's going to start a process and it takes, a, you know, it takes the church behind you and we're going to walk you through that. And, and so, in case you don't understand, in America, the average time for adoption is two to seven years. It's about four, four and a half years in actuality. So no, it's going to be a grueling process. Lots of false calls, lots of, lots of maybes, lots of those type things. I'm here to tell somebody, listen to me, I'm about to speak of the Holy Ghost. Your call is about to come. And I said to them, you know, we're going to get through this together. Well, about a month ago, I received a phone call. Or an email that said, can you help get some stuff together? And I was like, okay, all right. And I'd forgotten something that was spoken to me in a hurry. And I, I didn't really put two and two together, but then I began to, to figure it out. That this couple that God had brought past even the bad advice from their pastor who said, keep your options open. This couple, just, just, just a few months ago, were knocked flat on the ground. We're in need of something. Jonathan, Sophie, I want you to come here if you would. I want you to notice as they're walking, they're not walking alone. Because in their arms is baby Jonathan. And my God is able. One of you. God's faith. Dios es fiel, amen. And look what God can do when you stop weighing your options. And you keep walking, you keep pressing, you keep moving. Stretch your hands this way. Can I pray for this baby? And Jonathan Alexander, is that it? Father, I thank you for Jonathan Alexander. I thank you for the grace of God and the power of God that has brought him to this family. 
Lord, right now, as this one we love clutches him so dearly and lovingly, I thank you, God, that you are faithful. And even in the darkness, we keep listening. We keep hearing the voice of the Lord that says, I'm big enough. Lord, I thank you that there shall be no mountain stand before this little man of God, for his God is big enough. Bless him and keep him and prosper him all the days of his life. In Jesus' name, amen. My God's big enough, amen. Thank you, God. I love you all. Just remain standing if you would. What you have expected, you shall receive. Stop downplaying your expectations and lowering your standards. It is not how much faith do you have, but a reminder to never stop asking for our biggest needs because faith reminds us that no matter how big my need, He is big enough. And this morning, the Holy Spirit spoke to me clearly. He said, son, do not get caught up in the moment. They need this last point. It is not if I have enough or if I am enough, but it is, do I believe he is enough? Do I believe that he is enough? Let me ask you a question. Is he enough for you? Is he enough for you? Let me see your hand. That's true. Amen. He's enough. He's big enough. Now bow your heads all over this place. I'm going to address those watching and those listening right now for just a moment. Right where you are, I don't know what your need is. I don't know what you're struggling with. But my God is big enough. I just feel this in my heart to tell you to start rolling away the stone. The enemy thought it had sealed your joy behind a tragedy. Let God help you roll that stone away. Joy comes in the morning. He shall help you exchange those garments of sorrow. And you shall be clothed in the joy of the Lord. He is enough. As I'm praying here today and I'm about to pray for you. I feel that some of you are facing a storm. You're facing a battle. And you need to know. You need a sign from God. You need some help. You need a clear call. He's given you one this morning. Just say, Pastor, I need God to help me nurture my faith. If that's you, can I see your hand in this place? Hands all over this place. Put those hands down. So I'm about to speak this. Ernest and Patty, I want you to, I want you to turn around. I want you to go stand on each side of Vicky before I'm about to say this. There's a young lady right back here this morning whose mother just passed away this week. She's in the throes of grief and heartbroken and doesn't know what her next direction is going to be. And she's calling out to God, you're big enough. He's big enough for you. He's big enough to meet you right where you are. He's big enough. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm going to say it. He's big enough. 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 
He's big enough. He's big enough for you. He shall bring you through. Trust Him with your future. And stop weighing your options. Because He is big enough. Holy Spirit of the Most High God. I thank You for this day. I thank You. That we have to allow our disbelief and our struggles and our lack of faith in ourselves to stop being reflected on you. My weakness is not a reflection of you. You are big enough. You are able. You are faithful. I'm going to say it again. Somebody's call is coming. Your call is coming. I don't only want you to testify, but I want to hear about it. I'm believing it's coming this week or this month or next month. But the call is coming. You keep following. And when the door closes, open the door because doors are made. That's they're made to close and open. And you keep walking. You keep moving. Don't say, well, we tried. You keep moving. Because God is going to show himself strong for you. And you too will be an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the testimony that God is going to give you because God is big enough. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I never thought God was big enough to take away my sins. And today you'd like to give your life to a God who's big enough not only to take away your sins, but to restore your life and give you hope. You want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, whether you're listening, watching, or you're here present. This is your moment. This is your time. This is your hour. I really believe there's someone God's wanting to connect with right now who would say, I want to give my heart completely to Jesus Christ. I'm not going to ask you to come. I'm not going to embarrass you any more than anybody else that raised their hand a minute ago. But if you'd say today's the day, I want to say you're big enough and I'm going to make you my Lord today. If that's you, could I see your hand right where you are? Would you hold it up high? Right there where you are so I can see it. Hold it where I can see it quickly. I'm believing by faith that you're here. You're watching. You're listening. God's big enough. and God's able. Is there anyone that would respond here in this room? Anyone abroad? Father, I thank you that right now your Holy Spirit is here and you see this hand. Is there another? This is your moment. This is your time. This is your hour. Is there another that would join with this? One today, it's precious one that God loves to say he's big enough to take away my sins. Is there another quickly? Because we're going to pray with this one and pray with those listening. All right, let's pray together. Join hands with someone right there that you know carefully, closely beside you. And let's pray together. Let's all lift our voice. The Bible says that we confess our sins. But if we believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and confess it with our mouth and believe that God raised him from the dead, we would be born again. We're going to pray with this one today. And they're going to be forever changed. Let's pray together. Jesus, Jesus. by faith, faith, I confess I I am a sinner sinner. in need of a Savior. Savior. From this moment forward, forward. I declare declare. you are Lord of my life. life. I will follow in your ways. From this moment forward, forward. I shall believe believe. your promises. And now I declare... That God has raised you from the dead. From this moment. God is my father. Heaven is my home. And Jesus is my savior.
Amen and amen. Now, come on, give God some praise like he deserves today. He's big enough. He saves, he delivers, he heals. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.